Hi everyone and welcome back to another week of Ainsley Hooper Chats With. This week I have with me Leanne Watson. Leanne Watson has the blog Leanne's We're Life. Um, so hi Leanne, thank you for coming on to the podcast and uh, just let, let people know, just introduce yourself and let people know a little bit more about you. Hi Ainsley, thanks for having me on board. Um, I am pretty well just a regular um, mum of now three adult children, um, wife, uh, and um, uh, just pretty pretty ordinary, normal sort of person. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, I got an um, adult onset um, neuromuscular disease, limb girdle muscular dystrophy, uh, and that's well, that's what I have. And I got diagnosed um, at 42, and the symptoms sort of started rearing their head um, from then on, really, or like even probably earlier. Uh, and then, um, sort of about six years ago, is when I started going to had got my first manual wheelchair. Now I'm uh, in between manual and power chair permanently. Um, so with assisted um, hoist transfers from one to another. So no no self transfer. So. It's been a period of progressive uh, disability, I guess, or inability or immobility uh, from for the last 13, 14 years. Uh, and in that time, obviously, there's been a lot of reflection, a lot of um, changes made uh, structurally and um, uh, and um, in every way with you know with with the way we live our life, my husband and I, and um, and uh, that's meant moving. My husband's always sort of been the main breadwinner. Winner, um, and worked a lot away a lot and, and that sort of thing. So there was a lot of changes being made um, for him now to, to be working from home for the last few years. We've chosen that this has happened to us. So he, as much as I, I, I really struggle with the word carer, but um, but as much as we have always cared for each other, he now, we, we've made the decision that, um, that he's kind of my primary carer. So I do have support workers that help me during the day, but um, primary carer. And so in the meantime, I always, uh, I've sort of had to reassess what I'm going to do where I was bookkeeping before. I can still do a little bit for our business because I can do it remotely. Um, and uh, and now I do it for a great company, Accessible Accommodation, which is um, something else I can talk about. I'd love to, because mm. it's just such an exciting um, uh, new kind of initiative. It really is, it's great. Um, and uh, anyway, in the meantime, I thought, well, I always liked writing, so I, uh, and yeah, uh, well, there's a lot to all this. I don't know how much mm. you want me to say in the intro. Keep, keep going, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I guess that, um, I guess there's a lot to to think about, you know, you kind of, what your expectations were for, you know, for the way your life was going to be obviously changed quite dramatically as many, many, you know, millions of people have found, whether it's disability or not, some there might have been a death in the family or, you know, all their money was lost, you know, in some scheme or whatever. Mm. Um, but so for me, there was a lot like, well, at the, it was kind of about the time I was approaching the kind of empty nest sort of thing. Mm. Um, I always knew I wanted to do, there was always something in me in my 30s kind of thing, especially that I wanted to do something more. So, so um, I then... Um, when I kind of had started accepting that things were changing for me as far as the girdle muscular dystrophy goes, I thought, you know, uh, you know, I do enjoy reading and that sort of thing, and and I and I am a very strong advocate for um, or a strong believer in the fact that stories really can change 
lives and really can build bridges and and really can help other other people understand and empathize um even if they can't fully empathize because it's not a natural that's not a natural inclination for a lot of people but at least they can understand what other people are going through um and i i personally have always been interested in other people's lives and you know just sort of reading people's stories and things i think it also builds um a lot of a lack of um judge you you lose a lot of judge judgmentalism i think mm. by understanding how other people live anyway for all those reasons i thought why don't i write a blog plus i also like mucking around with technology i'm fairly limited but i still you know like setting up a website was really quite fun and um challenging it still is and it crashed after the first year and that sort of thing but and then even finding things then yeah anyway so i started the blog and i thought i'll just share my experiences uh, and um, just see if that, because that's sort of cathartic for me, and then I can reach out and kind of connect with other people that are in a similar boat to me as well. Uh, and also hopefully they will find a bit of peace or a bit of comfort kind of thing in knowing that there's, they're not the only ones sort of going through a similar um, similar um, event, yeah. you know, of events kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so the blog started, and then uh, then I thought, well, the bookkeeping was still there yeah that was fine and but as my um as my mobility decreased more and more so it starts with limb girdle muscular dystrophy it's it's muscle wastage it starts right. around the hip starts around the hips it's the um okay. and thighs and then after then the the last sort of part is sort of your shoulders and arms and things so so my arms were still fairly mobile initially mm-hmm. um so i was still continuing with my sewing um i was quilting and making bags and things uh, and um, much earlier on clothes and stuff for my kids, just like basic pajamas and that sort of thing. Um, so I was doing that and um, and then, you know, you sort of consider, well, should I sell some to markets, that kind of thing. Uh, then I took up an interest in cam- photography as well. So I was doing a few courses with that um, and uh, and was really had my eye set on this, um, the great new Canon um, Canon DSLR. And then, uh, and then I was getting heavier and heavier to lift the yeah. camera a little kind of like lift my arms up with the camera and everything mm. so I sort of had to wave goodbye to that in along all that came giving up cooking which you know was really I think for a lot of us cooking you know a lot of mums in particular or whatever cooking is kind of pretty important to us you know just being able to provide when people come over that was important to me anyway mm. um so I sort of my husband fortunately is a great cook he's much much better than I am with uh, especially with the uh, savory dishes um, so he kind of took a, took up that slack, which was great, and it still is. Um, and uh, um, anyway, so the cooking went by as well, and then gardening as well. That became a chore, like well, and then impossible. Mm. So I thought, well, I need to do kind of something else. So I've got my blog. I'm sort of setting up the website, um, and then I thought, well, uni is something I had thought about. I never went to uni, you know, when I, you know, when I should have. Um, so uh, I thought, well. Uh, why don't I go to uni? So I started a um, bachelor. I'm hoping to major in sociology and either minor or major as well in anthropology. So nice. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So they're both, they're, they're both great subjects. So um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually. And I was a bit deacon like you were as well. Um, yeah. So you would have done some sociology units, I imagine. I did one sociology. Oh, actually, uh, I think I did one sociology. Yeah, it was only one. It was to do with... Um, methods and social research so oh, yeah. that's the only one that we that we that ideas yeah so that was yeah. that was interesting yeah yeah 
Yeah. Very interesting and hard. Yeah. Yeah. I did it, that. it was actually Just very um much more that that subject was much more grueling than I expected it to be for a sociology yeah, subject. But, yeah. It was tricky. I find all the sociology subjects a little bit tricky here, a little bit more um, in depth or something. But that one in particular, because you really have to, when it comes to research, you really have to know your issues. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be very detailed and very critical and analytical and, and that sort of thing, thinking. So, um, yeah, I found that grueling as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with your degree, so what's your degree in? It's, um, so well, I'm mean, halfway through it. So, I'm hoping to finish by the time I'm 60. Yeah. I've decided we're having our first grandbaby in February. So oh, nice. I'm kind of cutting things back a little bit to be able to enjoy all my life. I don't want to, you mm. know, as much as I really love the subjects I'm doing, but I don't want them to, I don't want uni to feel, start feeling like it's, you know, a, a, um, a, uh, yeah. um, a task, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, sorry what you're saying. So it'll be hopefully my sociology is my main kind of interest mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't till I started uni that I realised I really enjoy anthropology as well. So, yeah. um, and they do nowadays. Anyway, it was a few years ago you did yours, but now mm. a lot of some of the units kind of overlap a little bit. So, yeah, um, yeah. And I, that's a funny thing because I like, talk about anthropology. Like um, every every I've read so many um, things about it that it's the subject that people just happen to stumble upon. So it's not something that people generally aim to do, but once they actually get to uni and they're doing a Bachelor of Arts or something, they'll pick it up as an elective and then they'll be like, aha, so that's what I want to do. And so it seems to be, like that happened with me, and so it seems to be quite common across the board. Right. What did you think you were going to do when you started? So I started uni um, in my, I was 24. Five. Oh, hang on. I'm trying to think. It was in 2005, and I, anyway. So yeah, let's say mid 20s. Anyway, um, yeah, I was no, I was 20, 26. Okay, so yeah, um, so I started my bachelor of arts. Um, I was in a hospital um, at the time, and I, I sorry, I just got out of hospital after a, a long, about a year on and off stay. Um, and I decided my, my brain, I could feel my brain going to mush. And I was like, I need to do something because I just can't sit here, watch TV. And that's all I was doing was lying in bed watching TV. So I I thought, okay, I need to do something. So I decided to enroll as a mature age student because back at, at like in high school, I didn't get the grades to get into uni. I only could do TAFE. So I was like, okay, well, I've always wanted to study philosophy. I'll pick up philosophy. So that's when I was like, so I did my Bachelor of Arts majoring in philosophy and that's when I got up to the end and it got to the next year where I had to choose other other subjects. And so mm-hmm. I looked at the description of anthropology and I was just like, huh, that sounds cool. That sounds kind of like what I've been interested in watching, you know, the documentaries about other cultures and stuff. So, oh, yeah, I'll give this a go. So I gave it a go and the very, very first class I, I did all mine off campus but, and I'm still um, doing it off campus but uh, the very 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 first class I remember um, hearing the guy talk the, the guy who was my, ended up with me my honor supervisor um, talking about I believe what I was hearing was he was actually in a, a in his um, doctoral gown 
And so he was just basically talking about the uh, the rituals of university and so the history and so just and hearing it all, and it was just like, oh boy, I need to do this. And so that's when I just yeah. So I um, I ended up doing my honours degree, and I'm just like literally today. I'll be submitting my expression of interest to get back into PhD. So I was going to start doing it again. Yeah, I'd sort of, it's been, the PhD has sort of been on and off for a few years. I started it, um, had a nervous breakdown, um, which was due to external things, which I'm not going to go into. Um, but yeah, so I started that. Then I decided it was, a, it got to be a task. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this. I need to step away. Um, so I stepped away. And then this year, um certain things like starting my business starting to sort of um see things through different lenses um i, I contacted uh, one of my lecturers and i said okay i need to get back into my phd there's something i really really need to study and so i was going to start that at the start of the year then COVID happened so I had to put it on hold um but yeah so we're now back in talks again and i'll be hopefully starting in january so yeah oh. Good on you. Yeah, yeah, really, really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Deacon have done pretty well uh, providing the flexible online study. I think a lot of unis are hopefully. That, yeah, they've been fantastic. I mean, for example, I know that when I um, I went to, like, there's been anthropology seminars that we go to, um, and I went to one one night, and there was a, an anthropologist from America, and she's, we were talking, and he said to me, where are you going to do your PhD? And I said, Deacon. And he's like, really? I said, yeah. He's like, we're sitting, you know, with other Deacon staff. And he said, because um, usually they tell you not to do your PhD at the same place where you've yeah. done all your other stuff. But for me, I know these people. They know my passion. Um, and so for me, I just, yeah, going anywhere else for me is just not something I even want to even consider. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So tell me a bit about your work with accessible accommodation and all that, because that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really is. Well, the the, um, the founder of it, Kerry Williams, her and her husband, the co-founders, um, that she's got personal experience through family, a family member of disability, mm -hmm. and it's made her realise, like going going on, you know, family vacations and that sort of thing. Um, made her realise just how difficult it really was to, um, you know, to get, doesn't matter how much you ring up beforehand and qualify a, a, a property, um, people who have, who either are completely disinterested and just don't really care that much or people who genuinely, because they've never had any experience with disability, don't understand what you mean when you say, are there any steps at all? That, <laughs> um, you know, you find, you ring up, are there any steps at all? Well, yes, there's one, you know, like they... To them, a two centimetre step is no step at all, kind of thing, you know, and uh, to a lot of people. So, anyway, uh, mm. that has happened to her a few more times. You probably, I'm sure you've had it. You're smiling away. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've certainly had it just in my short, you know, six years of five or six, or six years, yeah, since being in the manual chair. Um, and, uh, you know, in um, bathrooms that, you know, just really the doorway's just not wide enough, or, yeah. you know, it's not a rolling, it's not a rolling shower. It's got, you know, there's the screens around them and everything, so there's no room for a, a, you know, for anyone to go in and help, you know, the person shower and that sort of thing. 
So, um, yeah, so Kerry's decided to, so Kerry started up accessible accommodation. So we have a listing now of close to 150 properties around Australia wow. um, and we're, we're growing them every week um, that they either, um, they either have subscriptions with us um, and uh, on an annual basis. So you can, you, it's a one-stop shop basically. So if you're looking for accessible accommodation in um, the Sunshine Coast, for instance, or um I haven't got anywhere in Broome yet. <laughs> I'm just okay. trying to think, or um, you know, South Australia, whatever it might be. Then you um, you plug that into our, you know, there's a whole filter type thing that you can use, and then um, and then you can scroll and look for the accessible um, the accommodation that's right for you. So so what Kerry, what what we've got is three um, three levels of accessibility. So um, you can be a, a, um, a you can look for either assisted walker. Um, a, you know, assisted ambulance sort of person, um, assisted wheelchair user, which would probably be you, it's definitely me, um, and independent wheelchair user. Um, so she's got the little um, the little icons kind of underneath each property. So you can kind of see that's the kind of upfront, you can see that, but then underneath there's a whole series of photos, including the ones that we all need to see, which you never ever see on normal hotel mm. websites or anything um the the photos we need to see of um of of uh, bathrooms in particular toilets yes uh, bedrooms to see where there's hoist clearance that sort of thing um and then underneath is uh 51 frequently asked questions uh and the answers to them so once again the hoist clearance room around the bed for equipment um you know the width the actual width of the doorway rather than it's wide or it's not wide um, is there a lift? How wide is the lift up to the room? Because sometimes you need to hire equipment and mm -hmm. you, know, you need to have the, the opening there. Um, all sorts of questions and then including um, where is the kind of local place to hire accessibility equipment from. Um, and uh, so it's pretty well your one-stop shop. So you can kind of look at that and go, wow, this has got everything I need. And then um, some of the properties you can book directly through through um, accessible accommodation and mm -hmm. uh and uh, and see the availability and pricing online, and just book it online straight straight through. Others you do the inquiry straight to the operator. It depends on how they've they've chosen to set up with us. Um, uh, other than that, we're always available for Carrie and I are always available for inquiries and to assist people. So um, it's just so needed, and so many people oh, we're yeah. getting so many great stories. So um, from people who are just so. Um, help you know happy to you know there was one sort of urgent uh, accommodation required for um, a, um, a lady who needed to go and visit a, um, a sick family member a very sick family member um, you know in one of the main major towns and she with all the stress going on with everything else and trying to you know look after her dog as well get you know someone to look after the dog and lots of other bits and pieces she sort of didn't want to be googling because it can take hours as you know to go oh, yeah. to accommodation so she found us and just left it to us. So we found a, you know, a place. So, you know, it's that kind of thing that really, yeah. you know, I just, Kerry's just so clever. And I've been thinking about it since before I, you know, since, sorry, like since I've had to start asking those questions. Mm -hmm. But her skill set is such that she was able to, um, she's the, got that entrepreneurial um, bent kind of thing that, yeah. that she sort of get it up, off, up, up, you know, off the ground basically and, so it's been fun. It's great. I really love working for them. So I, you know, help with the bookkeeping and um, and the inquiries and, and yeah. bits and pieces. So yeah, I really love it. Yeah, That's great. 
that's amazing. Like, I mean, I remember when I first came across it and I'm just like, I was, are you serious that this actually exists because of the yeah. fact that, like, because of the, the whole being used to not <laughs> being used to not going anywhere because it's just all too, too bloody hard. Like, um, you're right. Oh my yeah. God. Like, so yeah, to have this, I'm like, oh, actually, the idea that I'm maybe I'd yeah. go away was like, so haven't used right. it yet, but like, yeah, mm. the, I love the fact that it's actually there. And I love the fact that it's actually somebody who's got the experience or like the, you know, like yes. knows somebody Absolutely. so they can actually see to themselves what the hell's been going on. Like, I know, yeah. I, like, my partner and I, we went up to Melbourne for like one night, and maybe, I don't know, a few years ago. Um, yeah. And that, I can't tell you how many hotels I rang and said, so, okay, I said, okay, so you say that you've got disability access. Um, can you tell me what's accessible about your rooms? And they're like, oh, uh, what do you need? And it's like, yeah. oh, great, okay. Um, you know, so then they'd be like, oh, well, the rooms are such and such, like, you know, the measurements and I'm like, okay great that uh, doesn't tell me very much um and then I, I we booked at one place which i had on their website an accessible room so i thought cool okay great so i booked it um we got up there i went to go into the bathroom couldn't get my wheelchair through the wall oh no and i'm yeah. like you've oh, got to be kidding me Oh, yeah. well, if you go straight to our website now, we've got quite a few Melbourne accommodation places. Nice, yeah. Because yeah, like, all the measurements are there on your page. On the nice. Because so, yeah. yeah. that's what we got. Like, that's what I needed at the time because, like, like, got there, bathroom, couldn't get the wheelchair through. Kidding me. Uh, right, great. So, got onto the concierge, um, the guy at the desk, like, I got onto him and he said, and I'm, I'm more assertive now than I was back then. Back then I was, um, and he, I said, we booked the accessible room and I can't get my wheelchair through the bathroom door. All the rooms are like that, was his answer. I was like, great. So how the, and I didn't say this, but I was like, how the hell is this accessible? Yeah. And I hung up because I didn't want to make a fuss and my partner's like, what happened? So he rang back and then suddenly we had the, boss concierge come up it's like yeah you've been put into the wrong room here's the right room and and you know the other guy we went okay. out later to go find food came back and the other guy just couldn't look at us it's just like yeah I, I, oh, he, he, he couldn't even be bothered finding out obviously that guy by the i think he it. i just think he just didn't know just didn't maybe just didn't know, so care yeah. or i don't i don't know yeah, what it was yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't know, but but yeah. yeah, well, just hopefully we'll, you know, our operators that, mm. that are with us are fabulous and they're really, it's just so heartening to see that, you know, so many operators really are yeah. interested in providing for, you know, people with, with disability. And and as, you know, you've spoken before with other people, with other guests I know, and, and we all know, like, there's, you know, anywhere up to 20% of people with some form of disability mm, or another. Mm. I know it's a lot lower when it comes to sort of people like you, like me with assisted wheelchair, mm. but it's still five or six, five to 7% of the market or something. And, you know, when we're getting more kind of affluent, the old, you know, the older generation are more affluent as well. And, um, and, you know, and now with NDIS, we work a lot with support coordinators, a, mm -hmm. a heck of a lot. So we, we, it's a really good um, coordination um, between us, really, that, um, that we can really assist them with, um, 
you know, with providing the, it saves all their legwork too, kind of Googling all yeah. the time. Yeah. Customers. Um, so we, yeah, we've got a, um, we're, we're just about waiting on the interminably long process of um, NDIS accreditation. We've passed everything, all the audit and everything. It's just getting the numbers, okay. the actual number. So, so we're really, you know, it's great. We work fitting with people's NDIS plans really well. Um, uh-huh, so, right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're, it's such a well, yeah, um, well-timed and needy sort of um, definitely, um, what's the word, service that we provide yeah, for people yeah. with disabilities and their families mm. uh, too, yeah. Because so. I remember, like, seeing, um, so I'll just quickly tell people, it's, um, so it's accessibleaccommodation.com.au, is it right? Yeah, that's it, yes. Yeah, because I remember seeing it on LinkedIn, Facebook and where else is yeah. it? Uh, on um, Instagram. Yeah. She's got. Oh, and yes. there's also a face, Yeah, there's also a Facebook page, the Accessible Group. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember yeah. uh, at the time when it was the bushfires and um, yes. security was like, you know, trying to get people into temporary accommodation. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just, it was, so yeah. it was just amazing to see how it all like came together yeah. so quickly for people. Yeah. That's right. Well, we, yeah, that's right. We were. We were one of the um, the prime um, uh, resources on the DHS website. Wow, that's um, awesome! That, yeah, for um, for emergency relief, mm. um, and we still provide that to a certain extent. Like we still get sort of people from those organisations as well, um, you know, at different times. So yeah, um, yeah. So it's yeah. The more people, anyone who's got an accessible property, you know, an investment property, mm-hmm. um, you should contact us because we would you know not only would it would help their um yeah you know, definitely would be able to help them economically mm-hmm. um but uh, financially whatever but they'd be doing such a massive service oh and absolutely Eric yeah. could talk to them about you know just how they make their um you know how they can make their property a bit more accessible and, mm-hmm. and because we've got the three levels um it's obviously it would obviously be really ideal if everyone could have the you know the top level um, you know, including ceiling hoists and all that kind of stuff. Yes. That's not always going to happen. Mm. Um, uh, you know, roll under basins and just, you know, um, the, the open plan shower, they're more and more common anyway when in new builds and houses generally. Um, and ramps, you know, that's ramps really aren't very expensive at all and sometimes that's all a house might need. To yeah. Build. It is so funny when you, when you talk about accessibility and, yeah, people go, oh, it's going to be too expensive and then it's like, well, actually not really. Um, like yeah. even I was saying um, to my guest last week, we were talking about uh, a bad situation that I had um, and, the, like, the situation was I was suggesting a $10,000 hospital bed and I'm like, nah, it's not coming into my house. Um, and in the end I just got a $400 bed from a, like, from a, a bed shop and, and that actually, oh. they modified that. So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, just that people are just, not used to thinking outside the box and that's right, exactly. And, or just don't realize how cheap it can actually be. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. So it's up to us to, um, I'm assuming you're the same, I'm self managed on NDIS, and it's up to us to, mm. you know, to kind of take, you know, a responsibility and kind of, you know, um, kind of think outside the box for ourselves but then yeah what i find absolutely invaluable is a, a, a really good ot like occupational therapist there's so many around now they're not all fabulous but you know what you, you know keep kind of interviewing sort of thing and finally 
um, the one that I've got now, um, he's just really great. Like he, you know, he really tries very hard to um, to think up all the different options. And things yeah, and, yeah. You know, and and you need obviously to have a good rapport with them. And you know, absolutely, that's, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So the more of us that are thinking outside the box, then hopefully the more these sort of services like accessible accommodation, you know, like kind of four hundred dollar beds that you know, don't even need to, you know, that they're, you know, they might be produced that will already with your modifications because so many people have needed mm. to do it, yeah. you know, kind of that yeah. would be, that's the ideal scenario really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I wanted to talk to you about just with your disability um, or your, your condition, um, what was, so prior to that, had you had any exposure to the disability world, I guess, or anything not nothing at all I have right. nothing yeah. like like you know, so many of your guests that um and I think it was Ruby was it that yeah. um her family her mother was in disability support or it worked I think um Karen Karen oh yeah. Karen yeah yeah, yeah there's, anyway, there's been a few so I I've never even worked or none of my family have worked, even worked in the area of disability so it was I really was oh you know, led a very sheltered life, I suppose, mm -hmm. in that in regards to that. So yeah. maybe that's why it was sort of, you know, having said that, like, I, um, yeah, no, it, I really did. So it was kind of a bit more of a shock, I guess, to, to think, because maybe part of the, you know, you might unconsciously have this sort of bias that, you know, well, that happens to other people, you know, mm. it's, it's not really... Yeah. You know, it doesn't happen to me. Although I have, I've always had this sort of uncanny, un kind of, un, uh, or, yeah, uncanny, strange sort of feeling that nothing, that this is pretty weird, but nothing strange is, no, nothing kind of really tragic has ever happened to to me in my mm -hmm. life around. I've been very lucky, no, you know, deaths of parents mm -hmm. at a young age, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I always, I had this feeling that, that wasn't going to last like, like you know what I mean it's kind of like this little tap on your shoulder that that um you know something might happen and and I use the word tragic but and you know ref, and I've had this sort of the last few years to really reflect on what I mean by that um so what what I meant I guess what I mean really is life-changing so mm. I don't actually consider it a tragedy that I've got in girdle muscular dystrophy mm -hmm. um genuinely don't feel it's a tragedy it's not ideal and I would you know obviously give anything to be walking because it's fun to walk and mm -hmm. you are and you use yeah and you feel all the yeah the grass under your feet and mm -hmm. you get your blood circulating so you don't have all those other problems of sitting down all day every day yeah yes. um, <laughs> as you know yeah mm -hmm. that probably um but uh, yeah so I don't actually think it's tragic but it's definitely life-altering it's it's undeniably life-altering for not, not only me, but my husband in particular, and then, you know, friends and family all around me. Um, but but once again, that always, whenever I think like that too, it always makes me, like brings me to realising just how privileged I still am in so many ways to, you know, not just to be born white, but, mm -hmm. um, but to be born in Australia, mm -hmm. to have NIS. Like I really, I think we're, for all its faults and all that kind of thing, um, and there's, I think every government program will have faults. Yeah. You, know, you can't avoid that. Yeah. Um, but I think we've been so extremely lucky to even have access to, to that sort of um, 
to that sort of uh, help and um, assistance. And it, it's genuinely, it's definitely NDIS in particular has made a huge, and, and my friends, my friends and family, my friends in particular that have just helped me from the get-go. They've been really help, you know, like when I needed, when I first started needing help going to the toilet, for instance, mm-hmm. pulling my pants down. Yeah. Um, I had quite a few girlfriends who were very happy to do that. It's just a matter yeah. of fact and whatever. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, and, and uh, you know, one particular special girlfriend who used to help me with the gardening when I couldn't do it anymore. So she'd come over and go, okay, you've got your list. Like, what do we pop today? What are we doing here? And, um, so I always acknowledge that just how kind of privileged I really am. So, so at the moment, it's life altering, but it's mm-hmm. sort of tragic for me, but I can see how um, disability can be tragic for m- many other people who unfortunately mm. my, my position but yeah. yeah so so I hadn't had anything really much at all to do with disability beforehand um and uh but I kind of feel like I wish I had had a lot more and and that's where I'm sort of trying to think where I can help where I can fit in sort of thing now because mm. you do kind of feel like that sort of burden of um not burden um you feel like that obligation now that you know that that I now I'm aware of it and I'm capable that I should be yeah. helping people come yeah. to terms with maybe helping the greater population have more empathy towards people with disability, mm-hmm. you know, something or other. So um, so I still think there's still more maybe I, something out there that I can be doing. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, but we've all got our different personalities too and, you know, um, and some things fit better with some personalities than, than others, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the how, yeah. How, how we, when we were talking about advocacy before, we all mm. advocate differently. But I don't yeah. think, I think you and I are probably similar in that we do advocate, but it's not, you know, it's just differently than maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're in the public eye and you're speaking disability and you're, um, and you're uh, expressing how you, how, well, you're just, yeah, speaking about disability full stopping in many ways that is advocacy and it's just then and there I think yeah it's making people aware of things and that's that's where I was like I think at the start like when we were talking about it when um I first got called an advocate my thing was like I didn't want to be yeah like I mean there's people like Carly Finlay as you said who's out there like and other people out there that are like really doing work um great work yeah, and it's like so. I I didn't want to be sort of put in that category because I didn't. I'm not doing like as much. I don't feel like I'm doing as much as they are because I mean, obviously they've got such a a large platform. But then I realise, well, I am. But it's just like we're all just we're we're all doing it, and it's all in a. In a um, and there's um there's a, a a good book that um I've just been uh made aware of recently. It's called The Power of Us. And so it's like, you know, everybody doing their own thing, mm-hmm. uh, how it just adds up and, yeah, so it's, it's sort yeah. of like weaves all together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with your, um, your, your, your blog, uh, just tell us a bit about that and sort of what, what you post on there. Because I've read it a bit and it's really, it's just really interesting just to, I love reading other people's stuff and getting perspectives. Mm, it is good, isn't it? It's interesting. Um, well, I've been pretty slack on it the last year, probably since I've been, or a bit more since um since I've been doing um 
since I've started study. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I've started work as well, it's kind of, you know, increased my workload with, with now accessible accommodation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I haven't been doing as much, but it started off as um, I wanted to raise awareness for, of limb girdle muscular dystrophy in particular. So uh, because it's such a rare disease, mm-hmm. um, muscular dystrophy is much less known. Mus- mus- muscular dystrophy as an umbrella is known, probably mm. still not quite as well known as maybe MND um, or MS now, but um, but uh, but limb girdle muscular dystrophy is one of just one of many many muscular dystrophies under that umbrella. Um, and in limb girdle muscular dystrophy, there's a whole there's over twenty now over thirty actually thirty types of causes or subtypes of oh wow okay so my subtype is undi is unknown at the moment i've done all the you know the testing and things mm-hmm. um and they're to the point where they don't know what type but um so i sort of wanted to raise awareness that there's there's another thing too called lgmd um and and just what it does you know and just to make people and that that kind of evolved from um being about lgmd to then being about my experience mm-hmm. with lgmd then being about my experiences with um, with disability, full stop, and then being about what I've learned from my then uh, my networking, I guess, with with Instagram and talking to people, um, going to you know joining you know, the Bowen um, Women with Disabilities Hub, um, that sort of thing. Although yeah, I've been I really want to get back into that. I haven't done yeah. it very often this year either. Yeah, um, like too. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, then it, so then it evolved more into kind of me really thinking about things, as you just said, um, it's challenged my way of thinking um, and it's really challenged and changed my way of thinking and my viewpoints on so many things that you just don't realise you, you just didn't, uh, that I didn't really think about, you know, before. So I don't know whether, that, you know, part, obviously a lot of it's to do with my disability and, and you know, the, the area that I'm in now. But I think a lot of it's also to do with the um, the proliferation of um, or the saturation of social media, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and, and that sort of thing, so that everybody is a lot more vocal on it now. So you kind of see posts coming up or, you know, about lots of different things that, you know, 10 years ago we wouldn't have really had, I wouldn't have had much to do with because mm. I was reading paper and reading novels, you know what I mean? Like not yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so much i find it like for me like you mentioned wheelchair rapunzel earlier um who's a, a famous blogger um yeah. and is it muscular dystrophy that uh, atrophy i think she's got spinal muscular atrophy which apparently i think i might be a little bit wrong yeah that's the same as shane burkor as well from um from the u.s that um the uh, that I don't know whether you follow him as well. No, I haven't. Um, he's, yeah, he's um, married. Oh, he's engaged now to Hannah. Oh no, they got married. I think they got married a couple of months ago. Anyway, they're they're a young couple and they're lovely. Um, but he's done incredibly incredible amounts of work, and now together they do incredible amounts of work for raising money and awareness for spinal muscular atrophy. But it is, um, I'm pretty sure that's also under the the umbrella of um, of MD. Yeah. So, because I was yeah. some of the stuff that like she's post she posted, and then like I sort of started to see other people post was about like disability in America, um, and uh, like the whole 
discrimination against people with disabilities. Like, I'm very surprised. Like, I was shocked to see just how much discrimination there is. Like, um, there's the thing about people with disabilities not being able to get married because if they get married, then they'll lose their benefits. So there was that. Yeah, and there's just, like, all these other things. And, and that's probably state by state too because I think those sort of rules, I think, are, yeah, are designated state by yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, obviously with Trump, like, being discriminatory against people with disabilities, like, um, I can't find – I saw something on LinkedIn the other day where he signed a, an executive order um, as one of his last final kicks out of, once he was out of office um, – and it was to do with people with disabilities. So, yeah, you just feel lucky as hell to live in Australia when you see stuff like that. It'll be something discriminatory. Well, I mean, our, our current, well, anyway, we shouldn't get into politics, should we? But, um, nah. our, but I don't think our current government is very far behind. No. You know, the, that whole, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we can't look after our, if our government can't look after their mums, their fa- mothers and fathers, they're mm-hmm. aged, mm-hmm. then, you know, how are they going to look after, you yep. know, another who's disabled, you know, per child, yeah. so, or mother yeah. or father. Yeah. So, and, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. totally, and, I mean, we, we need to get into politics, like, like with our discussions because, uh, like, the COVID thing, you know, like, there was no plan. People with disabilities, they weren't, like, um, yeah, they weren't, we're not, in the plans, we weren't included. So at the start of the COVID stuff, it's just like, oh, yeah. no, no idea what's going to happen with your services yeah. because, well, we haven't been told. And it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. like, finally, if it's it's funny. It's like I have these moments where it's like, finally, you start to feel disabled because you. Well, that's true. Actually, you're right. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But that's when you. That that really then goes to the definition of dis, of, um, of ableism and mm-hmm. um, you know, and disableism as well. Like the yeah, two, two terms where where you don't you you really don't. I felt that with different things. I can't even remember now what the last one was. But all of a sudden you go, oh, I am disabled because yeah. you know someone's just told me I can't do this or uh, this yep. thing has stopped me from doing this or whatever. Yes, um, yeah, that's right, and that's where and that's not good. That's not good for you. You know, your confidence, for your your everything. Mm -hmm. And the thing is as well, I mean, and that's the thing, like, you know, now that we're getting away from the medical model of disability, uh, we're talking about the social model of disability, and, yes, those things. And so, yes, we have, have, and I, yes, we have disabilities, like our conditions and whatever, um, but it's, it's the, and I keep repeating this again and again, but, yeah, it's the things that, stop us doing things like not our bodies stopping us but those you know like like for you like for the accommodation and all that kind of stuff that's mm-hmm. the stuff that's disabling like yeah that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard and, to make it. yeah. there's so much that like yeah if I mean, it's great what's being done with accessible accommodation these kind of things the, the more and more things we have out there the less less disability we have basically yeah, yeah. that's right that's exactly. right exactly it's and it's all and it's all accepted, and the more the the more that happens to it, the more it's accepted by the general population. Yes. You know, not yeah. in a look going, oh, we've got to provide another wheelchair for that person over yeah. there. It's just they kind of like yeah, exactly. And then they'll be like, oh, so I get it now, and like I get why 
that I get yeah. that you people aren't like a, yeah like us people aren't aren't, aren't a burden. Yeah. You know, it's actually yeah. quite easy to accommodate for us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was wanting to ask uh, every every guest I get them to have a list of ten things I'd like people to know about disability, and so I wanted really want to hear what your your ten are. Oh, 10. Wow, that's all. Well, whatever you've right. got. Some don't right. have 10. Some have more than okay. 10. So, yeah. All right. Um, okay. Well, uh, shame is a big one. I feel like, um, and I accepted this pretty, oh, oh, it took me a little while, I suppose, but they're just, uh, shame is something that a lot of people with disability feel, especially when they start losing control of their, you know, if you're more personal kind of, you know, when you can't kind of control or, you know, look after yourself in the more personal aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of shame to do with that. And, and there's also shame in, um, I think, also, you know, once upon a time you were kind of fit and healthy enough or whatever to, um, you know, to go and swim at the pool with all your friends or whatever and, and now you can't, you've got to sit on the beach or whatever because there's no, you know, you're not around maybe a, a you know, a um, beach chair or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and uh, so that's one thing I want people to know about disability, that that uh, don't don't ever project shame on that person that's got a disability. And for those who have a disability, don't feel shame. To me, shame is something that you should feel if you've done something you know was abhorrent, you know, like it was wrong and, you know, you shouldn't have done it. Maybe you should feel ashamed of yourself for that. But you should never feel shame for your body part, being human, you know, mm. and being human is, it means that there's many fallible parts of your body. In fact, all the parts of your body, are, you know, can be potentially fallible and they can um, happen any time too. So uh, that's that's one takeout, I think. Uh, also um, that let your children ask questions. I That's a bit contentious and I know that's kind of, you know, there's a few people that have you know, dis- people in the disability sector that have their different ways of um, mm. kind of thinking about that. But but I actually really um, think I would really, I, I'm like this with most things anyway, I've, I think disclosure in almost every way is, is a good thing, just to yeah. be open to people um, and, and be matter of fact. And that way it takes away stigma, it takes away that feeling of shame, you know, it takes away embarrassment, all that kind of thing. So if you're like even adults sort of, well, not really actually, just an adult coming up just out of curiosity, what's wrong with you, mm. definitely makes you want to say, well, what's wrong with you? Yes. Although you already know that, like they've got no filter in their root. But mm. um, but children, that's when, you know, when they're young, that's when they need to know stuff. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with them looking at me and then me, you know, the, instead of the parents saying don't stare, um, I can say hello, how are you? And then if the kid wants to ask me you know what's going on then I'm, I'm happy to tell them I think it's good you know it makes it more normal it normalizes disability I think mm. um and what was the other thing um I did write a couple um oh we talked about before activism activism well more advocacy I guess rather than activism um can be done in many small ways so I think you know we've we've covered that um and I really agree with that that, that it can be done in small ways and I do recognise after reading Carly Finlay and um, and even Trisha Maloney, Maloney, I think it's mentioned it too, that uh, and lots of people, that uh, lots of, uh, I suppose, lots of people in the limelight um, 
that they're then expected to give advice. And, oh, you said it too, that you're expected then to continue giving advice on um, accessibility and disability and inclusiveness mm. and whatever else for free, yeah. you know, where no one else, no other sector gets to, you know, oh. consult or yeah. gets, get, you know, people expect other, you know, people to get paid for their consultations. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rude. But, um, mm. but, but advocacy can be done. You can be an advocate and you can still... And you don't have to be an ad you can just be an advocate by living your life just quietly, you know, in and getting, you know, having your friends and family help you, doing all that sort of thing. And I think that alone is just advocating. You're you're kind of leading your life. You're you're being a leader in your own life, and you're advocating for yourself mm -hmm. um, in in the way you want to live your life with the help of your friends and family. You don't have to go on Twitter and Instagram and and that sort of thing to um. To, to be a disability advocate, and, mm. you know, and the more people see you in the street and restaurants, that kind of thing, that's just a quiet little bit advocacy thing as yeah. well, I think. Yeah. It's normal. Once again, it's normalising disability by you kind of being in the community. Um, the other thing I would like people to know is um, to be an ally um, uh, to, and that's kind of a new thing that's come up in the last year or so that, mm. you know, different people sort of mentioned that are, that I've really been thinking about too, that it's really important to, that we all need allies in life, disability or not, um, and allies are there to, um, to, to be your sort of safeguard, to, to, to be able to, to help you with things, to bounce off um, uh, things. Um, and so an ally, a disability ally, um, is even more important. You know, it could be just that friend that just sees that your drinks, your glass of champagne's empty, for instance, and uh, and you know rather than you have to ask her to fill up, uh, fill you up, then uh, you know then she'll just go, oh, I do another glass, you know, and do it for you. Mm. So mm. don't continuously have to ask because that's another thing about disability. You kind oh of yeah, pretty awful having to ask. You you do feel burdensome having to ask, but and so it's kind of it's it is nice when people just sort of take the initiative and kind of see that it's needed. I also understand that sometimes um, that um, people don't enjoy there's situations where taking initiative and just doing something for someone with disability is not the right thing. But um, but I think just even just a quick question, would you like your glass filled up? Would you, mm -hmm. you know, like to turn you around so you can see, you know, what's going on? You know, if you're in a wheelchair, you can't move yourself around. Um, yeah, that sort of, I think, um, being an ally is very important. Uh, don't forget the carers. And as I said before, I don't really love the word carer. Uh, simply because I feel like in some ways it kind of infantilizes the person with a disability that yes. they need it. I feel like it, yeah, I don't know. It's, it just doesn't sit well. Um, and on the other hand, we all care for each other, mm -hmm. you know, like your best friend cares for you the way you care for her, my, you know, your, your partner, my husband, whatever. We, we all care for each other anyway. Yeah. But, but don't, forget the, don't forget those support people um, that really do put in you know, they, they, they have sacrificed, even if they're, you know, completely happy with everything. It, it, it must take its toll. It has to take its toll to a certain extent. So we really, us as disabled people sort of have to recognise that and, you know, step back when we can or try and relieve them by getting, you know, another support, you know, now with NDIS kind of thing, another support worker in or just to think, you know, just to be aware or to, um, you know, to, to comment, to, to let them know that, you know, they can go and get, you know, go and talk to someone if they need a counselling, whatever, if they need it. 
um, to sort of try and free up time for them if they need it, you know, give them the, you know, an afternoon off. Yeah. Um, that they may feel like that they don't deserve or that they don't need or, you know, that they shouldn't have. That's the thing too. A lot of a lot of um, carers, support people for people with disability, they feel like they shouldn't, they feel guilty if they take time for themselves because, you know, the, their person with a disability can't take time out of having a disability. Mm. Um so um, I really feel like carers need to look after themselves. We need to recognise carers mm. um, as people with disability, but people without disability need to recognise carers themselves uh, and, you know, and maybe help, you know, those friends, the friends of them can sort of help provide that afternoon off by, you know, someone saying, well, so-and-so will look after or be there for, you know, mm. your partner if you come out with me and go to the pub or whatever it might be. So. We can't forget about carers and you know there's a lot of carers that are a lot that are younger you know the younger age um there's there's quite a few i can't remember now i meant to look at the stats before i started talking to you um there's a huge amount of carers that are um school age you know carrying yeah there really is so you know for schools to be aware of that kind of thing you know when the kids kind of stumbling without having breakfast and you know yeah. and whatever in the mornings and um, you know, the Carers Australia is great for, um, and all the, you know, the different carers groups in the states um, for giving advice and ideas and support and that sort of thing to carers. Um, and um, oh, there's, yeah, they've got a, what is it? Uh, I think I've kind of talked about most of the other things really um, mm. that I wanted to, but that was, um, uh, yeah, that was that was sort of the main, the main things, I think. But, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah, like thinking of the children that, that I mean, I remember seeing like things like say on the current affair and stuff of like yeah, kids like even like a, an eleven year old caring once and it's just like wow, yeah, just a, it's just fascinating to see, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. That they yeah. take up and, they, and it's just you know they yeah and you know and they they and you do really admire and respect that but you also want them to have that kind of childhood experience. yeah be children yeah but, but you can't help but think just how you know how well balanced and how responsible and lovely they'll turn out absolutely yeah they'll turn out to be and that's the that's what parent parenthood's all about producing great adults so yeah you know, yeah. yeah yeah that's true well mm -hmm. um Thank you so much for being on today. It's been really great to talk to you. Um, so um, can you just t tell people where they can follow you on social media? Oh, yes, um, leannesworelife.com, um, uh, L-E-A-N-N-E-S-W-H-E-E-L-L-I-F-E.com. -E 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 and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on face Instagram and Facebook and I've got my well, yeah, if you go to that um, that website too, you can subscribe and get more blogs, which I'm hoping to write more of over over summer too. I've sort of been collecting things and trying to trying to get them down, but yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, so, I've got, I'm the same. I've got like a list of twenty ideas that I just still haven't blogged about. So yeah, I'm starting yeah. to turn a few out a week. It's just been yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, and also, so um, uh, sorry, accessible accommodation. Um, is that on your website? Have you linked that on your website as well? Yes, I have. It's on the front page of my website. Awesome. Yes. That's yeah, you can get accessible accommodation from my from my website too. Excellent. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really great to talk to you. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, what 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 kind of um, big things have you got coming up at the moment? Uh, I'm still really enjoying the accessible accommodation. So nothing really big except being grandma in February for the first time. So nice. That's huge. Yeah, that's, that's pretty big. Really awesome. And the fact that we just got to see our children from Melbourne um, last weekend, that was pretty huge. Um, How long has it been? Uh, it actually, we got to get it get to it because we're in regional um, Victoria, like you in Geelong, mm. um, on the Ballerine. We got to see them in between the two lockdowns, the two right. Melbourne lockdowns, yeah. all the kids in Melbourne. Um, so we went to Otways to Country Ride Cottages, which is accessible and pet oh, friendly. Wow, it's gorgeous. Been there twice now, um, and uh, um, we got to see them then. So that was in June. So it's still been a few months, yeah. but not as long as some other people. Uh, I still haven't seen my mum. Haven't seen her for eight months now. So wow, and my mother-in-law. So um, yeah, so that's mm. good. Yeah, so just looking forward to continuing writing. Yeah, um, yeah, and family time, and see what else sort of pops up, kind of thing. In, you know, mm. Yeah, interesting yeah. times. Yeah. Well, thank you again, and thank you everybody for listening in and watching today on YouTube. Uh, if you have any questions for either myself or Leanne, just uh, leave them in the comments um, or you can yeah, jump onto Leanne's website and um, follow her and go from there. So thank you again and we'll see you next week.